welcome to The Lonely Marketer, sponsored by Pager. My name is Glenn Southam, and this is your show for all things recruitment marketing. We share the challenges, the successes, advice, and the screw-ups from the leading marketing talent working in recruitment. And most importantly, find out what their favorite swear word is. We speak to the companies working to make marketing recruitment more effective and efficient, and to those people who have opinions that make you think about things that little bit differently. You can find me on LinkedIn, and if you want to follow the bear, then head over to thelonelymarketers.com for links to all of our social channels and to sign up for our newsletter. But now, it's time for the show. Let's do this. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of The Lonely Marketer. Today I'm joined by Andrew McCaskill. He's the founder of Exec Career Jump, and as we're recording, he announced uh, yesterday on LinkedIn that he's just started uh, a consultant role with Collabs. Welcome, Andrew. Good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you must have seen Andrew on LinkedIn. I'd be very surprised if you haven't in your working in the recruitment world. Um, he's, he's very active. He gives a lot of really good practical advice for people looking to, to move roles. He's got a wealth of experience in, in the recruitment world. Not a marketer in job title, but I'd say a marketer in, spirit. in person. Yeah. In spirit, definitely. And, and like you say, you, you, have, you have quite strong views uh, in terms of marketing and recruitment and how it's joined together, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I think um, what we were talking about before we started recording is the fact that actually every recruitment business is a marketing business now. Yep. I mean, that's something that's banded around a lot, but I think that's <laughs> I think that's absolutely the case. Yeah. I think we have more in common with platform businesses like comparethemarket.com or Expedia or something like that, where you're trying to attract brands on one side yeah. and customers on the other, and we are the interface between the two. Yeah. Um, so we are by nature very much a platform marketing business that's what we do and it's accepting that as a recruitment industry and business sometimes isn't it rather than pretending to be something that you're not yeah <laughs> yeah I think that's that I think it's hard when you made a shed load of cash the old way to uh, <laughs> to shift 10 yeah. years later isn't it but and have you have you, ha- have you seen a shift over the past however many years two three years to a more marketing-led approach being very general about it yeah, yeah. and and um I still advise a couple of companies on yeah. that side as well to try yeah. and help them with that transition. But um, there's a difference between what they want and what they need, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I completely agree. <laughs> yeah, that, that is very true. And that money thing is always still there is make money anyway in some businesses, isn't it? Very short-termist as yeah. well, isn't it? Yeah. And so the investment of, you know, and the discipline required to build a strong brand that acts as that platform between those two marketplaces uh, yeah. takes some commitment and somebody who really gets it I think yeah and I think you, you mentioned brand there and here's the kind of the modern day conundrum I think in recruitment marketing um, company brand and personal brand hmm. you I'd say um, without blowing smoke up your bum um, you've got a strong personal brand in, and should all recruiters be aiming for that strong personal brand and putting themselves out there? Yeah, well, absolutely, of course. I'm completely yeah. biased because I've spent <laughs> probably five to six years building it up in one way or another. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I absolutely, I absolutely think they should, and I think it's a, to the benefit of their employer as well as themselves. I really yeah. do genuinely believe that, and, and to the whole ecosystem within which they operate. And recruit, a recruitment company might say, or a recruitment business owner would say, well, why should I allow my consultants to put themselves out there too much? They, you know, they could leave, et cetera, et cetera. What would you say to that type of person? I, I think um, 
that kind of scarcity mindset is outdated. Yeah. We have... And it's on the wane, I think, in general. It's probably... It, it, it yeah. still simmers underneath, though, doesn't <laughs> yeah. it? It does yeah. still simmer underneath. So I think that, I think that mindset's, uh, yeah, hopefully on the slide. What I, would t- what I would say to them is that stats tell us that you're only going to have someone with you for 2.6 years, right? That's the average yeah. tenure, 2.6 years. And that's actually the average employee tenure in the UK. In recruitment, I dare say, <laughs> in a lot of organisations, you and I over the years have seen that it's probably a little bit less than that. Yeah. So my view would be to... You, you need to realise as much value from that asset, e.g. that individual, whilst they're working for you as you can. Yeah. And one way that they can drive value for you is to build a personal brand, which in turn drives traffic via your major channels. So, yeah. And if you can create that platform, that's a story in itself for the company in terms of you being able to say, look, we empower our consultants to to be themselves, they're not robots that mm. you might have seen in recruitment companies from the mid-90s, early 2000s. Um, you know, we do create and we want people to show their personalities. That's that's a sell in itself, isn't it? To attract new... Oh, it's a huge yeah. sell. Because yeah. the whole world of work's getting far more authentic and yeah. humanised. Yeah. You know, the death of the suit has been uh, yeah. really busy. And the irony of how you say that when we're sitting in a room recording this surrounded by suits we're as really well are, yeah, that have been true. locked away <laughs> never to be used again. That's it, gathering dust uh, yeah. like ours are at home, you know? <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah, the diff of the suit is, and that uniform, which is quite sad in many ways. I don't yeah. mind I don't mind Dressing up the feel of a nice suit. Yeah. But, um, the, the fact is that has waned off because that's all part of that corporate identity, whereas yeah. Uh, people want to bring themselves to work now, and it's about... It's the choice, isn't it, a lot of the time? Yeah. It's giving, it's, or treating people like adults. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be nice, wouldn't it? It would. Uh, and I know you've you've worked very closely and in some cases managed marketing functions and marketing people in some of the businesses you've you've worked in. How, how much of... Um, how much should a marketing department or someone or a marketing professional be be driving this personal brand initiatives and, and things like that. Well, if you're business. not doing it yourself, you're a hypocrite. So yeah. you, as, as with anything, you've got to be the change that you want to see. Nice, yeah. cheesy, uh, inspirational <laughs> quote that you'd normally see over a sunset or something there. Yeah. But So apologies for that. The inner, <laughs> the inner Brent in me does come out at various points. So apologies to anybody that is listening. But no, I do I do fundamentally believe that. If, yeah. um, if you as a marketing person are trying to drive people to be more proactive and to try and increase the following of the company and to leverage all the major channels that are available to us and you're not walking the talk, you're in trouble. Yeah, and it's a funny thing. And I think quite a lot of marketers, um, myself included, are are introverts. Like yeah. introverts, in the, not in the sense that, you know, we go and lock ourselves in the corner of a room and don't want to be spoken to. But in terms of putting ourselves out there, I think I think marketers don't, like to be uh, shot down. They, they are worried about others, people's opinions on their creativity, on their ideas and things. I think there's a hurdle there for a lot Huge of Huge hurdle. I think yeah. uh, because marketing's become more and more analytical over time. Yes, very it's, true. It's attracted a different type of persona into yeah, it. Yeah, it's very true. Um, but I also think that there's a, uh, with a lot of uh, your lot, I'm going to say, <laughs> I've, well, I've got one foot in the cap, but with a lot of your yeah. lot, there's uh, a perfectionism very true that, that holds them back as well rather than just you know try it do JFDI it. give it a crack see what the market says and pivot you know what's the worst of, that could happen yeah find out get the feedback learn and go yeah it's far more like well if I'm going to put a video out it is going to be the most beautifully produced perfect video with the perfect words possible yeah and and actually what I found ironically is 
and we put a video out yesterday, which in the end we decided not to edit, which was myself and Louis launching uh, collabs. Yes. Yeah. And we decided to show the take one bit at the start and us going cut at the end and having a bit of a laugh as we were going. Yeah. Because what I've found is sometimes the less edited stuff yeah. gets disproportionately more engagement. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. And, that, and that's frustrating for a marketing person. <laughs> a very, you know, you see, you see some of the crap that goes out on LinkedIn now and you see the levels of engagement. And I can imagine for a lot of marketers, they go, look how much time I spent on this white paper of interviewing yeah. everyone yeah. and my mum's liked it. And, yeah. that's quite, and I, I could get one. And my colleagues. Uh, yeah, my really my mum and 10 of my colleagues have got 11 likes. Yeah. But I think uh, vulnerability nowadays does, like you say, it goes a long way. Is, is someone opening up and owning their mistakes, saying that I'm not perfect, you know, it goes a long way, especially probably in recruitment where mm. traditionally the messaging has been around, you know, we're the best, we're the most specialist, we've got the biggest database, we've got the greatest people, we've got the most years of experience, is that no one falls for that bullshit anymore. It's, no. the, it's the same with mass emailing, is like that for personalization where you think, no one thinks that if you put high Andrew, yeah, yeah. In, in the in the email that that's only gone to them. So own it and say it's gone to a lot of people, but you've been targeted in how you've created that mass list. There's, there's yeah. no there's no problem with mass mailing. There's a problem with spam. There's not a problem yeah. with mass mailing. Same with video and everything. Yeah. Exactly that. Exactly yeah. that. Yeah. Do, just be honest about what you're doing. I think that what you said there's the key thing. Yeah. People in you know. It, I think one of the big challenges for digital marketing, I'm sure you would agree, is the cynicism that now exists in our core market. So, yeah. and I, th I think a lot of that's because that's um, by virtue of of world politics and everything. It's coming to everyone's mind a lot yeah. more now. The with, great with, hack, Cambridge yeah. Analytica, exactly, fake news, yeah, all of this stuff kind of uh, makes the commoner. Yeah, <laughs> understand marketing a lot more yeah, yeah and and just be far more wary about where they give their details how they act online and what they do so yeah it's interesting to say that because obviously there's a big push on um on automation the you know platforms like your hubspots force 24 who operate in the in the mm. recruitment market um gated content is mm. is a is a funny thing for me is like i hate giving giving it out maybe that's because i'm a marketer but mm. you know you want that data to be able to better market moving forward. It's a that's a real challenge. But I think that's where the the personal branding, looping it back to personal branding comes in, is if, if you can add the value yourself with your own thoughts and your own opinions, is that will drive inbound stuff to you. Yeah. You you, you must get you know, most of your business from exec career jump through inbound referrals well, and that. one hundred percent. Yeah. I haven't spent a penny on any marketing or advertising. No. One hundred percent. So it's all we've. Uh, so same, same with me with the two ends business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, but you made an interesting point there, and that is coming back to your point earlier around why should companies want people to build a personal brand? Yeah. When you look at gated content and any of the data will show you that five years ago, everybody just f threw themselves into funnels, crossed their arms and legs, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. flew into your sales pipeline. Yeah. Um, and we know that's obviously getting more and more difficult. And yeah. Less and less people are engaging in that way. Um, but if you lead with personal brands first, yep. so if they see Glenn, yep. day in, day out, giving value, building trust, building brand equity with his audience over time, and then one day you go on and you say, right, 
download this ebook on talent guys yeah you will get disproportionately more people feeling comfortable doing that because you've already you've already the foreplay's already happened right you've already warmed them up first yeah they know what they know they're gonna get some good stuff whereas i think people <laughs> just go right we're gonna do content marketing let's just shotgun ebooks everywhere yeah. set up these massive automation funnels that look amazing on the whiteboard yeah but the practicality of moving people through those to buy is is, is something very different i don't think they've assessed the market either and this is this is something that um this is something actually we we spoke about when we caught up for a for a beer at, at Christmas is that recruitment companies a lot of the time just assume as well what uh, what candidates and clients want and they don't get feedback. We had that discussion, didn't we, about people only going for feedback where they know they're going to get good good five stars back for, and things yep. like that. And it's just it's completely ridiculous. It's completely counterintuitive, isn't it? It's um you know it's just giving yourself a pat on the back. You're not yeah. you're not willing to learn and to change. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's uh, it's bruising to confront the brutal facts, isn't it? I think <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of egos at play in our world, and I think it's very bruising for people to confront the uh, the facts. And if you're going to do good marketing, you have to park your ego. You have to be able to experiment. You have to celebrate the failure. Yeah. Um, you have to uh, pivot, go fact based. Yeah, that's true. Even when it doesn't make sense to you at an emotional level, your intuition is saying it's what I should be doing. Like the data doesn't really lie. Yeah. What was, what was the what was the thing that um, that flipped you to take the approach that you're doing now on a regular basis? Was there a moment that just made you think I need to change how I work, or has it always been that yeah, way? Yeah. So, t- two. If I can just indulge yep. in a bit of background. So it always it always takes a good person, right? Yeah. So I was working. I was running a business in Australia that was a talent consultancy as part of a broader consulting group. Yeah. And the lady who ran that, uh, who was the founder of that. Um, was a serial entrepreneur, but was ex-marketing director of Disney. So a marketeer by trade. Not so, a bad company as well. They, they yeah, know their marketing. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> brain the size of a planet, just unbelievable commercial mind. And so I turned up as a recruiter to work with her and left with a marketing skill set that when I then returned to the UK, my peers just didn't have. So yeah. I'd love to say it was all self-taught brilliance, uh, but it, it wasn't. A lot no. of it was down to she completely shifted my view on a number of different things. But the tipping point, I guess, where I went all in was um, six. I, I, when, when I came back to the UK, um, I had to start again from scratch. Mm-hmm. My network had all moved on. I didn't have any existing clients in play. Um, and so I just started blogging at the time. It, yep. There was no video. It, it was far more blogging. So long form sharing blogs online. Um, and 12 weeks into that strategy, I then started to try and convert meetings. So somebody who liked it who was in my target market or who commented I would kind of warm them up a little bit like some of their content and then hit them up for a meeting and then go and try and pitch our executive search services and one day we got in front of British Airways right yeah off the back of my online stuff and I said to my CEO at the time oh mate can you come with me because this this guy's big (laughs) right so I'm, uh, I'm I'm interested to see how we go here and we sat down, and this guy was board-level British Airways, and he sat down, and he just completely opened up about all of his pain and all his challenges. And about an hour in, I said, yeah, this is, this is great. What do you want to know about us? And he said, oh, no, I've seen all your blogs. I want to I retain you to do this. I bought, yeah. he'd, he'd already bought way before I turned up. The Lonely Marketer is sponsored by our friends at Pager. Marketers use Pager to get 90% of those pesky consultants to share relevant content with their target audiences. Combine this with automated and fully branded job adverts, Pager drives traffic directly back to your website, which is then 60% more likely to convert. Not bad, eh? Head over to pager.co, that's P-A-I-G-E-R.co, to find out more. Let's get back to the show. 
One, how long would it have took me to get in the room with, and in, ter- in total there was 12 FTSE board level executives I got in front of in 12 weeks. Yeah. To do that via the old method, uh, not a chance. Yeah, you're four hours, four hours a day, a few and, mail shots. Yeah, yeah, correct. And not even just getting in front, but the hurdle of, as long as I didn't say anything too ridiculously daft or offensive, it was only 60, 70% there on that buying thing. So Yeah, yeah you're pushing on an open door. Yeah. We were, yeah. It's not as easy as that now, I yeah. hasten to add. Yeah. But that started, to answer your question, that really was the kind of penny drop moment for me and the CEO I was with. I mean, he was looking at me in the car on the way home like, what just happened there? Yeah. Like, this is And this is it is not as easy as now because more people... Well, it's a lot. It's, it. it's it's a lot noisier. It's a lot more nuanced. It's not so new, unique. Probably um, a little bit less trust, like uh, we were saying. A little bit well. less trust. You've got to be, um, yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 not easier now. In a way, that's a good thing because it's you can't get away with bullshit, bullshit, yeah. sloppiness, average, right? No, vanilla. No, that, vanilla, that, definitely not. Yeah. In fact, vanilla, I think, is one of the big. I don't know how you see it I know you help a lot of clients through yeah. this kind of change but have an opinion vanilla is I mean how vanilla is it in yeah. general I like you know I, I've always been I've probably been uh, guilty of it earlier in my career where you don't want to offend anyone in inverted commas or you'd have an opinion and then you'd follow it up with on the other hand and just like don't bother with the on the other hand have your opinion stick to it if you've if you've come up with that opinion in good faith and you can back it up and you can argue it, mm. you know, then then stand by it and go and have that voice. Create your own voice, isn't it? And, and having people that disagree with you is absolutely great. You yeah, know, of the, course it is. If, if you can polarise, that's where your raving fans are going to come from. Yeah. You know? They're within reason, right? That's I don't, right. I don't, I think, I, I don't yeah. want recruiters going full Katie Hopkins on it and making, <laughs> you know, making a fool of themselves. But you, you get my point. If, yeah. if you stand for something that might, uh, some people agree with, some people won't. The ones who agree with you are very likely to want to engage with you. Yeah, and that, from a marketing point of view, that could be an individual consultant, empower the individual consultants to have that, but also at a company level, when when you're looking at your, you know, your your EVP and your, your purpose as a business, is as a business take that stand of, you know, where do you see the market, where do you want to see the market, and take that, isn't it, rather than, Rather than trying to get every client on board for, you know, for a quick buck or get every candidate, is that polarizing is a good thing for the for the right reasons. For the right reasons, you don't have to be outrageous. You don't need to be no. ridiculous, do you, about no. it? No, just real. Yeah, just the stuff that you would have, the stuff that you, uh, the conversations that you've always had, the rants that you've had. And probably with clients and candidates on the phone as well. That's 100%. the funny thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, all I've been doing really in the job search market is saying what the, all the job seekers think, but none of them have, you know, decided to go online and say. Yeah. Or, have, you know, haven't had the courage to be. You just get those, you get those nods when you're saying it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's just uh, being brave enough to get that out there and you'll, you'll find that people jump onto it. No, Why okay. do you think people are. So worried about letting their people have personal brands in particular. What's your, your feeling? Control? I, I, yeah, I, I think I think it is. I think it's one of those traditionally things is that people like control. Um, they th- leaders maybe at a, at a board level want their company to be looked at, at a certain in a certain light. But my comeback with that is well, if you're not willing to allow your people to put themselves out there in the first place. Why did you? Why did you hire them? You mm. you hired them for 
what they brought probably mm. skills wise sales skills wise but also from a personality and a and a culture uh, point of view so embrace that you know let them let them show off the stuff that you hired them for and some of those you know some of those people might be really like hard sales guys and they might not be you know a little bit more uh, empathetic and stuff like that but that's fine because mm. that's what they're for just don't be I, th I think there's too many businesses that aren't um, aren't willing to just accept what they really are behind all the bells and whistles of yeah. fake marketing. They, fake marketing sometimes. They prefer the uh, merchandised window rather than the uh, yeah. The, you to look in the warehouse and see the stock. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that, that's yeah. It's a, that's a great analogy. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what though? Um, it's 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 kind of nuts. It's almost like the working from home argument <laughs> because. If you can't trust somebody to go on and share their thoughts online, you why have you hired them? <laughs> like seriously, yeah, like, it's pretty fucked. How do you think about if it? If you like, don't trust them, if you don't yeah. trust them, why are you working with them? Yeah, so just yeah. if you've got like values in the middle, right, and you just hire around those values, and then from a marketing point of view, you've then got those four channels: you've got communicating with clients, communicating with candidates, EVP and hiring, and then individual personal brands. Like you can let those things go with that core value yep. set in the middle and feel comfortable that that, that you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a like, hiring problem. Yeah, it's like get, it's like getting in a in a new relationship, you know, with a with a girlfriend or a boyfriend, or or both. Um, yeah. And and that then, was a good holiday that wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then and then you know checking their phone straight away like you've got, you know you've, yeah, you've been, trust, with, you've been right. with them for six months oh, i'm checking your phone or you go where are you tonight where are you going what are you doing blah blah, blah. that 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 does not fall oh i'm not the... taking you around to meet my mum because i don't want her to see what you're like <laughs> yeah, i've told her something completely different yeah it is exactly <laughs> she don't like, tattoos. like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what that relationship is not gonna last or it's gonna end and it and it's likely to end very very badly for everyone yeah. concerned from a reputation point of view and everything yeah Do you know what insane. another thing is as well um sorry to labor the point but what <laughs> What's popped into my head as well, if we're really honest and we scratch the surface is, I think a lot of business owners don't like people having personal brands because they want the voice and the brand to be entirely them. And I think it's their identity is tied up in that brand and they feel that gets diluted by others yeah. taking that on. But, but that, that, I think that's where, like you say, from a, if I was a marketer in a business like that, that is where you need to flip it and start st storytelling more about how you're empowering because I think in the modern day if you can say that we we empower our people um, that's going to be great for internal hiring um, clients are going to appreciate that they're getting a more honest service they're not getting a scripted service right. and, and the ca and the candidates at the, at the same point as well I think it works for everyone and like you say um, it is changing and the recruitment businesses you know, I'm fortunate to work with. I'm sure the people that you've been talking to, there is a there is a change. Absolutely. But you know, this is just in the UK, let alone globally. This is a huge industry, and there's still some very very big players at the at the top end of the market who are, you know, they're corporate powerhouses. You know, who probably dominate the best part of seventy percent of the market or something. Yeah. Um, is that that's a different game. Yeah. So, sorry for the interruption there. Someone just came into the room to ask us for a drink. Uh, but yeah. Um, so, if my, away from personal brand, this would be interesting. Away from personal brand, and you know, you've seen marketing work in a number of recruitment businesses. 
for the marketers who are listening, if they had to focus on one part of the business, it's very difficult because it should be blended. Um, from a marketing point of view, what should they be focusing on this year, do you think, from a marketing point of view? Yeah. Well, I'm, um, I'm biased because of career jump. I feel yep. that they should be focusing on um, candidates mm -hmm. and the candidate journey. Yep. Um, strategically, we have a talent shortage in most major markets. Yep. Marketing being a good example. Ten yeah. years ago, there was no content manager role. So no influencers. No influ influencers. <laughs> yeah. Um, or any of that. So we've got all these new markets. So we're candidate short. So strategically, we should focus on focus on candidates anyway because we're candidate short. Um, but also in terms of impact, if you can nurture relationships with people during their time of need, who have a very low expectation of what you're going to offer them. Yeah. If you can have value to them, if you can find ways of helping them, even if you don't place them, yeah, um, and really focus on their pain points and what they're going through at that point, and you know, kind of move away from the commodity and into the human. Yeah, it's not. Oh, they don't feel that job now. We don't need them. No, those those candidates will be your clients for the rest of uh, the, the rest of your life. So, I, I think we kind of, I, I think the candidate journey taking some of those customer experience type methodologies yeah. that we see in other industries some organizations do this really really well a lot don't and i would say focus on that yeah and this idea of pain is really important as well i still think as an industry we're too features and benefits led yeah interesting um yeah. so we talk a lot about what we do but not a lot about who we're appealing to or what we solve yeah um and we also just like showing off about awards or who's done this and who's done that so there's a lot of internal noise yeah rather than nurturing and, and offering as much value as we could be. So yeah, true. understand the pain, give loads of value and nurture those relationships would be my advice. Sounds good. And um, speaking of advice, back to your day job, if um, there's a lot of ambitious marketers who, who listen to the show, um, some who might want to break through from a marketing manager to a head of marketing, marketing director in their current business, or they may look to leave their current business and look for a, for a new role uh, moving up the up the ladder what's the advice for marketers who are looking to take that uh, take the next leap of progress ca career jump to to put it in TM <laughs> yeah um, so yeah a few things one I think you can be very isolated in marketing and recruitment because you're mm -hmm. not surrounded by other people um, in your profession typically yeah well they are they just don't realize it yet as we said earlier yeah um, so my first uh, thing to say would be to join marketing groups potentially get a mentor, speak to people outside of the industry as well as inside the industry and build a network of people that are going to help nurture your development and uh, open your eyes to yep. opportunities and, and, and different things. Especially, well, like you say as well, especially at the more senior level, they don't get advertised, do they? The no, roles? no, no, no. Most of the uh, senior job market's hidden. So yeah. the more you can, uh, so, that, so that's the first thing. I think get, build a bit of an ecosystem around you. Build that personal brand, be the change you want to see. Yep. Make sure that, that that's happening. And if you crack one thing uh, internally, other than the candidate stuff we spoke about earlier, I think it's that integration with the sales team. Yeah. So whereas marketing and sales have been very separate historically, I think if you can get to the point whereby you're working hand in glove with the sales guys, yeah. you're passing clients and candidates between you the whole way, and you're joined up in a way that then drives commercial outcomes, yeah. it's going to be so much easier to measure your ROI, offer you big bonus schemes, view marketing as a profit center, and make that into a director role rather than an administrator role. Yeah, and there's no excuse now in terms of getting involved in sales teams, and it's something, you know, probably two or three years ago I encouraged when I was working in-house is that 
you'd have a week of I'd, I'd be hot desking the team is like we're not sitting on the marketing desk here you go and sit on that desk you understand what the yeah. consultants are saying and doing on a day-by-day basis you'll start understanding the conversations and the challenges because then you could come back and we could do some marketing that's hitting the pain of 100%. everyone so yeah do it excellent um it's always good to to end the show with kind of five five, five quick questions that that you're unprepared for Brilliant. um one bit of one bit of tech in your career that you couldn't live without? Well, LinkedIn. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. LinkedIn in your phone. Yeah, yeah. De- definitely LinkedIn. Um, one I like at the moment is called Subtitle, okay. which is an AI-driven subtitle thing that seems to be about 95% accurate. So you whack your video in and it subtitles it for you. So that might be one that they haven't heard of. Free? Uh, free initially, um, but if you're going to do any kind of volume, it's not. So it's a bit like a, a rev.com type bit like thing. a rev.com type yeah, thing. Yeah, okay. exactly. It's always good. People are looking to do video and subtitling is just one of those things you just need to pay someone else to do. Do not transcript it yourself. <laughs> it Definitely don't ages. transcript it yourself. Mix up between using subtitles and not because there are benefits to each yeah. strategy. But test it, isn't it? That is test it, AB. Yeah. yeah, but it's. Uh, I've found I can get a video formatted, bordered. Uh, titled and subtitled in you know less than five minutes using that app, so it's it's worth the fifteen dollars a month or whatever it is for me. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, so yeah, fifteen dollars in terms of time, isn't it? Yeah. It saves you. Favorite sound? Oh, um, favorite sound. I think the crashing waves. I used to live in Australia uh, by the beach. I think that's uh, my favorite sound. Do you miss that? <laughs> <laughs> Move on. Is there, is there no, no crash I love Southampton. It's amazing. It's very similar. That's near the, near the water. You've got crashing waves. Yeah, you're normally tires and bikes and, crashing and stuff cars, get washed, yeah. washed up. But, um, yeah, crashing waves, mate. I, think I find that very therapeutic. I think it's a lovely sound. Favourite brand? Ooh. I would have said Apple some time ago, but that's too, uh, that's too obvious, isn't it? Um, I really like John Lewis. Interesting. Chris, did you like their last Christmas advert? Did you like the dragon or not? They've had better, haven't they? Uh, They've had better. But just in general, I like John Lewis. I like what they stand for. I like the partnership element. I like the premium element. I like how they've managed to maintain the bricks and mortar strategy whilst also diversifying, setting up their own VC fund, getting yeah. involved in e-commerce. I just think, I just, I just, yeah, I like John Lewis. That's a good one. Good one. Um, and if you weren't involved in recruitment and all the stuff that you're doing now, ideal career? A sports journalist, I think. Yeah. Any yeah. particular sport? Oh, all of them. Yeah, sport in general. It. I think getting paid to write on uh, stuff that you watch on, on TV what, all yeah, the time. Getting yeah, paid, getting paid to, to to go to live sport, yeah. sit in that box, and write on what you're uh, observing would would have been a great job. Yeah, that was my that was my fourteen, fifteen year old uh, dream as well. I was sport journalist. Yeah, I, yeah, me too. Yeah, I was kind of. I used to literally like buy the newspapers and and retype up like reports like even back then this is going to make me sound really old and I'm not this old but I actually had like a typewriter like yeah like my my mum bought me one from like a charity shop but that was brilliant to be able to do that yeah it's really good favourite question as well favourite swear word oh shit yeah good a thousand times a day (laughs) yeah I think most of us do especially well especially people working in marketing a lot of time Um, that's uh, another episode done and dusted Uh, thanks so much for coming on Andrew no thanks for having me Um, been great cheers uh, as always like share it chuck it out there lots of practical uh, tips in, in this one and I will speak to you all very soon